You're listening to the Sunday Messages podcast brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. So I want to turn to this right here, this table that represents the larger tables that we will all be sitting around in a few days. Many are excited to see family, friends that we haven't seen in a long time, maybe meet new additions to the family, and, and you, just, you just can't wait to hop on that plane or, or drive in your car. And, and if that's you, probably around half of us, according to stats, they say about 50% are really excited about the holiday season, maybe about 54%. And then stats show that 46% are incredibly stressed out and, and nervous and, and not knowing what is going to happen at the table, what questions are going to be asked, or what questions are you going to ask that distant family member or explain why that other person isn't sitting around the table, or how are we going to deal with the grief of knowing that we lost some of our loved ones this year? If that is you, then this message is for you. I, I want to talk to the around 50, 46 to 50% of us that aren't sure how we're going to survive the table this Christmas season. Here is what I know that Christmas means Jesus has made a place for us at his table. He wants us to sit with him, whether we can't wait for the eggnog, which I still don't understand. Why is eggnog a thing? Or we do it right and we drink hot chocolate. Or we're over here and, and, and hot chocolate may be the only thing that we're looking forward to this Christmas season. The message this morning is that Jesus has invited us to sit at the table with him. He, he has actually come to our table and many times in scripture, I've been so amazed as I've been reading, especially through the gospel of Luke, the amount of times that Jesus reclines at the table with surprising people. You see, last week we talked about how Jesus was presented at the altar, which is a table. He was dedicated, just like we dedicated our little ones to the Lord. Jesus was dedicated by Mary and Joseph to God at the temple, at the altar. He was given, not a lamb. They couldn't afford a lamb, but he was, he was given two turtle doves and, and two pigeons as a sacrifice, which is amazing to think that the lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice was dedicated to the Lord with just these little animals that were purchased with few dollars that Mary and Joseph had. That was a table. The manger is a table, isn't it? It is the place of nourishment for those animals with whom Jesus was around at the time of his birth. And then we read that in his childhood, we don't know much about Jesus's childhood, but he went back to the temple and it says that Jesus sat with the religious leaders, and he amazed them with his knowledge. And then he pivots at the beginning of his ministry, around age 30, Jesus starts sitting with fishermen and tax collectors, the low of lows in the socioeconomic strata at the time. And, and, and then he, he goes on and he wows the religious leaders, surprising them that the 
one who claims to be the Messiah is communing and dining with imperfect people. And, and we read a beautiful story later on where he is at, at this incredible, incredibly wealthy person's home and, and this woman breaks a jar and, and is sitting at the feet of Jesus pouring out her adoration. Oh, come, let us adore him at the feet of Jesus. She comes and adores us. It is beautiful how Jesus, this Christmas season, is teaching me that he has made a place for us at the table. On Saturday, we're going to focus on what that all means. That, that he literally pulled up a chair and, and said, here, sit. Sit, sit with me. I welcome you. I've made a place for you. We're going to look at the great banquet where Jesus says, come. Now, for everything has been, is now ready. Everything has been prepared for us to just come and sit. We don't have to do anything except for accept the invitation and sit at God's table. I want to encourage you to invite your neighbors, invite your friends, because Let's pack this place out at 4 o'clock and at 5.30 p.m. and then at 7 p.m. On, on Saturday as we celebrate the coming of Jesus. And then we'll gather on the Lord's Day. Sunday morning, overseers have decided, COVID taught us this, that on Sunday mornings, these church doors are always open. And so if you want to worship on Sunday morning, we will be here singing songs. I can't wait for that message as well. But Eve, Eve is, is going to be an outreach message to those that may be tired and looking for a place to belong. Jesus said, I have made everything ready. And this morning, I want to look at Luke chapter five, because Luke chapter five is the guide not to survival, but to thrive around the table with maybe some family members that we're feeling nervous about facing, maybe some conversations that we don't know how to navigate. I love how Jesus teaches us how to do that. Jesus, to set the scene, is sitting with fishermen and tax collectors. In verse 1 of Luke 5, it says that one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Can you imagine listening to the word of God as it is literally being spoken out loud? How cool that we get to do that every time we open up our Bibles. We get to listen to God's word. At that time, they were listening to it live, live stream, live, not replay. Awesome. Not rerun Hallmark movie, but live. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Now, Simon is later renamed Peter. Peter, remember Peter. He's the one who denied Jesus three times and then God uses to start the church. And he asked Peter, hey, put out a little from the shore. And he, Jesus, sat down and taught people from the boat. I love the picture. People are curious. People are drawing to Jesus. They want to hear him. And, and Jesus uses this boat, average boat, empty boat, because the fishermen had just finished fishing, and they weren't very successful at that. They were busy washing 
their nets already after a long day's work. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to use this empty vote for my perfect purposes. And I'm going to start teaching so that more people can hear me. And again, he calls Peter, hey, put out the boat. And he sits down. This Christmas season, I am astonished again that Jesus came to sit with us. I love that Jesus doesn't hire a yacht. He doesn't show off that he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and levitates so that other people can be wowed by his teaching that obviously is from heaven. He uses an ordinary vessel for an extraordinary purpose. He went into the boat. Jesus became flesh. The word became flesh, John 1 teaches us, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came into our ordinary lives. Jesus came into our failures to sit with us. May, may, may we be amazed at that reality. Wherever we are in our faith walk, maybe we've been walking with him for many, many years. I hope that we never lose the wonder that God became flesh and got into this 20 to 30 foot boat that was no looker on no one's Christmas list. In fact, they were trying to replace this boat, I'm sure, because it was in need of some repair. It was obviously not very effective at its job. And maybe that's where you are this Christmas season. You're looking ahead and you're looking all the things that are about to happen, the gatherings, the obligatory office Christmas parties, and the presents that you need to buy in order to appease so and so. May we just stop and recognize that Jesus came into our lives, into our boats, into our failures, into our mess, into our reality. And he teaches us from that place. He came to teach. He came to show us the way, the truth, and the way of everlasting life. And sometimes when we just are busy in the all, all the happenings, we, we miss out on what he's actually trying to teach us. That's what happens when he came and sat with two other faithful followers down the road named Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. We see this dichotomy between busy and sitting as Jesus and his disciples were on their way. They came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. You better be sure that she knew who she was inviting in and she needed to make sure that everything was in tip-top shape, that the lights were on, that the elf was where it needed to be, that there were things that were gonna, wow, my goodness, she is serious about this gathering. She had a sister called Mary who was not that way. Don't nudge the person who came next to you, but the odd, odds are true that you probably married the opposite. You were probably Mary, and then you probably married a Martha, or vice versa, or you have one or the other in your family. But she had a sister called Mary who did nothing but sit at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by the eggnog. 
by making sure that everything was perfect by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Many things grabbing our attention, many things occupying our thoughts this Christmas season. One matters most, to recognize that Jesus came to sit with us. So let us sit at his feet and listen to what he is saying. John Mark Comer wrote a book about the busyness of life called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he says this, here's my point. The solution to an overbusy life is not more time. Some of us just need to receive that. We can't create more time. That is by design. God knew that we needed to slow down. He says, it's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. Nothing matters more than sitting with Jesus individually and asking him, Lord, where are you? Lord, what are you teaching me? Before we walk in to that gathering, before we walk in to all of the back and forth events, let's sit with Jesus and ask what the psalmist asks in Psalm 77. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? What God would leave his throne and fill a manger with his presence and a boat with his presence and an imperfect person's life? with his presence. No other religion, no other faith talks about a God who came down. All other faiths talk about us trying to walk up the mountain, work our way up to God. Not our great God. Our great God left the mansion in heaven and he opened up the gates to make a dwelling place among us. What a great God we serve. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Let's sit with him. We'll have an opportunity to continue to do that in worship after uh, these two more points. Because he sat with Peter on the boat, and then he also gave him a mission. After he finished speaking, verse 4, he said to Simon, put out into deep water. And let down the nets for a catch. Remember, they were already washing out their nets. They were done fishing. They had failed. Bad day at work. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so. And all parents said, may my child respond to me in this way. In the name of Jesus. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. 
When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and says, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Jesus came to sit with us. And then Jesus gave us a mission. Same mission that he gave his three best friends during his ministry time, James, John, and Peter. What is that? It is to cast the net, to to go a little deeper and let down our net. What does that mean? It means to share the reason for the season, to share maybe the thing that God has done for us this season. Here's the thing. I know I feel pressure when I gather with friends and family that don't yet call Jesus their Savior. I can't wait to, to talk about him. I can't wait to, to logically try to connect the dots to say, hey, there's a Jesus side void uh, in, in your heart that, that only he can fill in, in this or that. Let's try this instead. Let's go a little deeper. Let's be a little bit more vulnerable this year. Let's share something that God has taught us personally. See, Jesus is asking Peter, hey, go, go a little deeper. Go, go, go a little deeper and, and, and put the nets down that way. What if this Christmas season we were vulnerable and shared about a sin that Jesus forgave us of? A sin that maybe we've been holding on to for decades, but at men's encounter, we had an opportunity to lay those things at the feet of the cross and say it is finished and then walk in the light with other brothers and sisters on that journey. What did God do in your life in 2023? What if we shared that around the table? What if we started a conversation when we watched the Texas State Bobcats on December 26th play? And, and, and we're in the midst of small talk, and it's shallow, and that's okay sometimes, but then, but then you wait, and, and then you hear the Holy Spirit saying, hey, share that now. Hey, go, go, go deep. Start the vulnerability by modeling it and see what God does. See, I love that Peter had just come back from a day of failure. And that's how some of us feel. We're we're tired of praying. We're tired of trying new ways of sharing the gospel with our friends and family. It just has not worked. Jesus is saying, go a little deeper. Cast the net. That's the only thing that we're called to do. Peter did nothing to catch the fish. It was God's timing and God's design. See, here is the tie. Luke chapter 4, this happens. Acts chapter 2, Luke's second book talks about the day that God used Peter, who denied him, then and doubted God. Don't you realize that I didn't already catch any fish, right? I've, I've, I've tried God, and, and, and I'm not going to be successful here. What happens at the end of Jesus' life? Jesus, Peter is denying him three times, but 
He continues to follow Jesus. He continues to cast the net. And it's in Acts chapter two where Peter shares the gospel in a great catch of 3,000 people come to know him and thus the beginning of the church of Jesus Christ. It's just our job to share. What is God doing in our life? Cast that net and watch what God does. We may catch or we may say, well, Continue and not give up. Jesus calls us to cast the net. Verse uh, 27, he he goes down, he he gives Peter, James, John their mission. And now he finds himself in the presence of a tax collector. In verse 27 of uh, Luke chapter five, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you hang out? with people like that. Don't you know that they're greedy? Don't you know that they're corrupt? Don't you know their political affiliation and you're hanging out with them? And he says, Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus came to sit with us. Jesus came so that we can cast. He calls us to cast the net and he came to care for the broken. He came to care for the sick and he came to bring healing to them, to call them to change, to call them to repentance. See, oftentimes what ends up happening, we have this pressure. It is my job to fix this family member or this person. It's not. It's our job to care. If they want to get well, then that's an invitation for us to say, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. Hey, let me tell you about my walk so that it may inspire yours. Let's cultivate compassion by seeking to understand where people are at versus coming up with quick assumptions and judgments that do the opposite. I love that Jesus is breaking this idea that you have to act a certain way in order to follow Jesus. No, the the way to follow Jesus is to invite him in, to to say, hey, Jesus, I need you. If, If you are a follower of Jesus in the house, we all have one thing in common. We all need saving. We, we all need a, a, a help because otherwise we would be self-reliant people with great behavior modification strategies. And if you uh, are, are a follower of Jesus, the truth is, is that we surrender those behavior modification strategies because we realize we can't do it on our own. We need a savior, someone who came to die on the cross for us, someone to pay the debt that we owe, someone to bring us into right standing with our creator, and which gives us the promise of ever 
lasting life? What would it look like this Christmas season to care for the broken, to look for the broken in our lives? It may not be who you think that person may be. It may not be who we want to go to, but the call is clear. Jesus came for the broken and he calls us to care for him as well. Let me uh, teach you a quick trick. This bless your heart. Have you ever said that? Or maybe someone has said that to you. Let me say, if someone said that to you, it's not positive. (laughs) What they are saying is bless their heart. They're doing the best they can and they're not doing good. (laughs) They're, they're falling short. (laughs) And, and, And so instead of saying bless, bless their heart, what if we were to look at people as the way that Jesus does, as image bearers, as those created in the very image of God, those people that Jesus came to die for, maybe that will cultivate compassion in our hearts so that when we are around the table, we cannot just get through small talk, eggnog, and sports, but we can thrive seeing his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, as we represent him wherever we go this Christmas season. I hope to see you here on Saturday for Christmas Eve Eve. Do not underestimate the power of an invite. I was talking to someone this morning, told them it's our almost our one year anniversary of our friendship because someone invited him to Christmas Eve Eve, wasn't too excited about going to church, but he came, and by God's grace, he's not the same, and I'm not either because I know him, and I've been able to walk this thing called life with him in community group. God is on mission this Christmas season. Let's join him, and this morning, maybe you feel overwhelmed by the stress. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by a failure of yours that you're having to deal with. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's relational, maybe it's physical illness, whatever it may be. I want us to close this morning by uh, sitting in the presence of Jesus and allowing him to minister to us. And so the way that we'll do that is, this is called the altar. This symbolizes the table. Maybe for you, it means coming and kneeling and whatever is on your heart, leaving it right here. Maybe for you, it's coming forward and praying with someone here to my left or to my right or in the gap, our prayer room back there and just spending time in prayer. But we we have time and, and we're gonna take it slow. Don't rush. Allow God to meet you exactly where you are. Allow him to fill you with his truth, with his hope, with his peace, with his love. So that when we walk out of these doors, we're overflowing with the goodness of God like we sing earlier. If you're able and willing, you can stay sitting as well, but stand with me as we uh, close in prayer. We're grateful, God, for the invitation that you extend to us on a day-to-day basis and that during this season, it's it's easier to connect the dots that you became flesh, that you left your throne 
that you left your Holy Spirit perfect presence to come to earth and be the sacrifice that our sin deserved, that one time you died for all people and that that sacrifice was enough. That you who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, might become a part of your family as your sons and daughters. And I pray that this morning we would sit with you wherever we are, whatever we may be going through. We welcome you in our hearts. And we pray, have your way, Holy Spirit. Maybe we have yet to call you our our Savior and our Lord. And and if that's you, if you you came here this morning and and you know in your heart that you, you have not surrendered and something this morning compelled you to say yes to you, Romans says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he's been risen from the dead, that we will be saved. And so right where you are, you can open up your arms like this if you so feel inclined and, and repeat these words after me and say, Jesus, this morning I surrender to you and I give you my life because you gave me yours. I thank you for the death that you died, that paid for my sins in full and for your resurrection that brings me everlasting life. I choose to follow you from this day forward in Jesus' name. And Lord, for the rest of us, may we be filled as we leave this place. In your name we pray. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Messages podcast. You can dive deeper into the messages weekly by subscribing to the Conversations podcast, where we dig into the previous Sunday's message, unpacking how we can apply it further in our daily lives. See you again next week.